Yo, welcome to Beat People Podcast. This is episode 47. 47. We almost to 50, man. We should do something special. I said that at like 37. Say, hey, we almost to 40. <laughs> we should do something special. <laughs> no, 50 sounds about right. 50 sounds, yeah, like, 50 sounds like century a special mark. day, right? So, yeah, uh, we should plan something out. Expect something really cool for the 50th episode that we don't know what it is just yet, but just expect it. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's go around who we got today on the uh, podcast. We got Kenneth Flux, oh. P. Ears. Oh, oh, I'm getting fooled. <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> What's good, man? What's good? Yeah, it's it's a beautiful day outside, and if you're watching this show, you're probably losing out because it, it's some gorgeous weather out there. If you're on the East Coast, stop watching us and go do that. Wait, no, 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 no. Wait a <laughs> We're moving on down the line. What's up, Shiro? What's going on, bro? What up, what up? Just chilling, chilling in L.A. now. And, um, yeah, good to be here with the squad. Word up. And then we got uh, someone new on the show. Hey, what's up? Shonda, a.k.a. Travarsi. Yeah, word. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all got a real nice setup. It, it looks like uh, we're going to the satellite studio. Uh, you know yeah. how on the news when they're like, we're going go over to and then they'd be over there on the other side. <laughs> right? the real pretty side interviewing some celebrity. That's what the side <laughs> looks like. <laughs> it's all beautifully done up. <laughs> I love it. What up, bro? How you feeling, man? And me. And me. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron, Aaron over there. Aaron, a.k.a. Chicago, but I'm out yeah. here in L.A. right now. We're going to do some More big hurt. things. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Back, Aaron, over to the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. I mean, you're you coming enough that you're going to have to get an apartment. At a, after no, not anymore. You know I was here for like 12 years. That's enough. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm, I did my time. <laughs> I did my time in LA. I'm ready. You know, I'm repping Chicago again, and it's, it's good to be back home. But it's it's great to come out here and visit. You know what? It's good to have somebody from uh, back home, Chicago, on the show, man. I, I noticed ever since we've been hanging out, we got all these references that are particular to Chicago and certain things <laughs> that we recognize and know that's very particular to Chicago. So that's yeah. To, oh, to it's good it. to share that. It's fun. It's like an inside joke. It's a, it's a Chicago. It yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> to me, I feel like Chicago is the big little city in, in a sense that like, you know, there's less than six degrees separation in Chicago, but it's a big city. And it, 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 because so many people know somebody that knows somebody, it feels like a much smaller community. Yeah. Right. Word. But yo, you just got back. From uh, Super Booth 19, you and uh, I'll yeah. be the architect. And uh, man, thanks for going out there. I really, I really hate that I wasn't there. Uh, so I was, I was liking all Jamar's posts. But so Ken, how we say con- uh, hatulating? We, oh, we yeah, have yeah, this we term that we call hatulating. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's half hate, half congratulations. So I was kind of, I was kind of hate liking posts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this thing. <laughs> I hate that I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, Superbooth nineteen was amazing, guys. I really sure. wish the whole squad could have been there. The atmosphere was amazing. Um, there was so much new stuff. Um, mm-hmm. great performances, and 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 you know what, Berlin is beautiful. 
Yeah. yeah that, that, that whole place is kind of in the middle of like, it feels like when I saw an aerial shot of it, I was like, damn, that's like New York Central Park with a convention center in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the Fez Center um, was about a 20 minute train ride from the center of Berlin where um, Ali and I were staying. But it was amazing. Yeah. It was kind of had like this park vibe mixed with, um, we were kind of making references to, uh, what's that show? Lost. Like, <laughs> yeah, like kind of, um, yeah, it kind of had this um, kind of- Compound sort of deal. Yeah, compound <laughs> kind of vibe, yeah. But um, but it's it's a beautiful city, lots of, you know, cool, cool, yeah, lots of history, lots of cool graffiti if you're into that. And, yeah. but but the, um, but Super Booth 19, wow. What a show not to miss. No. Yeah. Hey, so what, let me, before we jump in, Fez is the name of the city? No, so Fez was the name of this like rec center, this youth center in which the um, um, super booth was held okay. at. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, so it's like it's like literally a rec center like with a swimming pool and slides and stuff like that, yeah. Really dumb. Well, I'm not missing another super booth. I'm gonna make next now year. Now you gotta make it yeah, out Yeah, we'll, we'll be there like, next year for oh, sure. Must. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, super booth is a must. Like, like I said, the performances were off the chain, they were crazy dope. Like, um, thanks for sending us videos. Yeah, yeah, I was sending you guys yeah. videos and stuff like that. Where at Club Ohm, um, where Novation had an amazing um, set of shows. Uh, like Cuckoo was down there, and um, then and Data Line from Electron. Yeah. And um, let's see. Um, then we we're over at the Maze. Um, that was a really cool show with Teenage Engineering. Tobias did some. Some laid down some really amazing work um, at that. What do you use? What the bias from Teenage Engineering? Did he use the new uh, pocket operated modular stuff? Yeah, so like that. That's what's so cool about it. So the performance over at the Teenage Engineering was unlike any other one, um, because we'd listen to the set, and then at the end of the set, they'd reveal what they were using. So oh, we couldn't, God, we couldn't all the way. We couldn't see exactly what it was, but there was a guy that laid down the most amazing set, and you know what his name. Um, escapes me right now but i'm pretty sure if i looked it up i'd find it um but at the end of it he had three pocket operators and we were like what yeah it was a full 30 minute set a full 30 minute like down tempo kind of hip-hop kind of um house set pretty impressive that's dope yeah but that's they were also using the new teenage engineering um uh, modular in which you know, I got inspired to go grab that OPZ because it has a, um, they're adding a, not only are they adding the um, the sampler, but they have a CV out, gate out. So yeah. So when I interviewed yeah. Tobias at NAM, he showed us, like we were going through the PO modular, but he showed us the, um, the, uh, the sort of piece, the modular piece that you could put into the back yeah. and the bottom of the, OPZ. It's called OP Lab. Yeah, Op Lab. Mm -hmm. so yeah. There was, yeah. that, that existed as an individual piece too before OPZ came around. And it, you can't get it anymore. It was kind of hard to find, as a matter of fact. But people would use that to uh, uh, interface their OP1 with modular. 
Um, and so now with the OPZ, they made it where you could put it inside of the OPZ. Yeah. It's like the yeah, piece. So. There's probably going to be more of those modular pieces that, that come along uh, that you can swap that out with. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's going to – the OPZ is really kind of – especially since they're going to be adding with the new firmware that sampler, which actually chops it up very similar to the Pocket Operator 33, it's really mm -hmm. fleshing out to become like the one to get. Because yeah. once I found out that it was going to interface with the modular, I was like, all right, it's a no-brainer. Because so Yeah, it's, it's so small. Yeah. It's super small. I just put it in the back of my bag. It's like the size of a cal yeah, but calculator. It's over there on the other table. But, like, they, we all know what a pocket is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's so yeah. small. Like, so um, to be able to run my visuals, um, to be able to run CV, and to run, like, a, um, a clock into my modular, man. Yeah, that's that's dope. And there's micro timing. There's yeah. micro timing on the sequencer. So if you know how to do like an Octatrack or um or if you know how to program a pocket operator, it's like a no-brainer. Like you can do mod bap with with that machine. Like it's hey, real quick, nice. um, couple of quick things. Yeah. If you're watching the stream, make sure you join the live chat. Um, so if you have that ability, yeah. you know, do that and we can get in there, we can kind of parlay back and forth with you also you got the the pocket operator not long after um we hung out in texas right so now yeah. you got the pocket operator and the the i'm talking about the uh the ko33 sample yeah so you got that and you got the opz have you tried like linking the two together at all no you know what like I, i've only had the opz for about um 24 hours so i haven't been able to i just kind of got into the sequencing which is pretty intuitive like like I said, if you know how to use an um an Octatrack, you can just jump right into it. And you can nice. right from the OPZ not you don't have to plug it into <clears throat> No, no, you don't so yeah, that's another thing. You don't have to use the iPad oh, if okay. you don't want to. And it's actually fairly easy to I was gonna ask that too. So. Yeah. yeah. Well that's so, what that, we were talking about the other day on the Marco Polo app. We were talking about um the idea of like learning it without the screen first. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then using the screen so that you're not using the screen as a crutch. You have the mm -hmm. kind of the, the background knowledge of just using the hardware. And that way, when you add the screen, it's just additional to your workflow, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think like nowadays we've kind of become like dependent on screens when we really don't have to, especially <laughs> for like wave editing and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, you know, a lot of the old NPCs don't even have any kind of waveform on it. True. So, yeah, the 62 didn't. It was just like numbers. <laughs> that was, yeah. That was it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people used to come to the studios to get stuff recreated. Like, yo, do this sample from there to there. Now tru truncate it to this number and that number. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> you know? But I'll tell you, though, I, I don't, I, I like having screens because it just gives me another tool, not the screen being the tool, but my eyes being the tool. It gives me another tool to, Kind of work with to get precision but i definitely see what you're saying um i'm interested to check out the the opz um <clears throat> because honestly when i look at it i don't get it I, not that i don't get it i just don't that understand was, i how. was just about to say i'm like dude you've been you've been laughing at me because i've been rocking the ko33 and you're like i'm never gonna use something that small you're gonna rock an opz <laughs> <laughs> I think I said I was interested to see how it works. I don't I'm pretty sure you it. said you had fat fingers. <laughs> yeah, I do have that. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing, yo. The Op Z and the Op 1 ain't the same as a pocket operator, bro. Now, you they're know not, that is not Yeah, they're not. No. They're not. But yeah, you know. now I can't, I can't rock with a pocket operator. I think that's common knowledge at this point. 
have you seen some of it's almost like a mini sp12 it's so dope man like I, I i'm cool. in love with the s the, with the pocket opera uh what is it the ko33 yeah Beefy. You were going hard uh, on that like when you first that, got it. Small, those talk, small talk, things, talk. those small things, they pack a huge, huge punch. Like they're I'm not. Love, like I got the arcade one too, and the arcade one's okay. Like the arcade one's fun, but I specifically got it so that I could sample it into the Ko33 and just like have a fun okay. little workflow like that. Right. But man, that Ko33 is genius. Like I love. It's one of the few devices where the limitations add to the charm. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, I have the office one too, because I like those little weird little yeah, yeah. sounds to put in techno, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Sample that in there a little bit, just to add a little texture. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I, see, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, know even the difference of them. I'll tell you, though, I, I think I mentioned it before. When they first, the first couple came out, I had them, and it was perfect timing because I was going to London for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was able to work on them, but I mean, I, I came away from that pretty quickly knowing that it was too tedious how small they were. So I, I, I do acknowledge how good they sound because I hear what people are doing with them. Yeah. And sometimes I'm really surprised, like, holy crap, you're doing that with that thing? You know what I mean? But yeah, just from from a strictly uh, tactile situation, it's just not my, my jam. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that was no, one of the um, odd things about it that I that I discovered was like I had to kind of really search for the the numbers for mm -hmm. what it sampled at and and what it played back at the the KO, and mm -hmm. it actually samples at the same sample rate as the SP twelve hundred. Um, oh, it, uh, okay. wow. so that's why it has that crunch. Yeah, yeah. it but it plays back at higher fidelity, so mm -hmm. it plays back, which it also plays back at a strange sample rate. Like, I think it plays back at, like, 46. Like, it's not 44. Like, it, it's something odd. I, I had to find the numbers exactly again. But, yeah, it's it's pretty odd, and it just has its own sound. So, like, when you start playing with it, when you start pitching it up and, and, and then slowing it back down and doing different things with it, you can get some really interesting characters out of it. What's your dust in there? What's your dust in there, Corey? <laughs> Is this real? Is this happening? <laughs> it's hilarious. Right before the show, I was dusting too. <laughs> All dusters and armed rebellions. Like Aaron and I were both looking at my module modulars and this with a paintbrush going over it and dusting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the weird ghost. That's what I should do, man. Wow. This is so since so, so, this no, the is where it's at. Oh, is that that eight bit one? The one, the Big Crusher? That's the biscuit, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the biscuit. Oh, that's the one I always wanted, but I never got, it and they stopped making it. That's how we I all got, I got one of the last ones from um, I can't even remember the name of the damn place. It's somewhere in LA. Uh, just as they were announcing that they were stopping making it, and he was wow. like, "You know, I got three left," and uh, so I copped one. But the reason I, the reason I, um cop that is for what y'all was saying like i could get really really close if not dead on to a lot of classic samples with that joint yeah so <clears throat> i've done a lot of with it too i used it in and my last what? my last sound pack see what i'm saying people don't realize yo with this joint it has a delay in it and it has a synth in it like, yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's a wave folder a delay a synth and and it's just like one of the illest sort of filters and bit Re reduces like it, wow. it's just crazy. 
Bring it with so me. So are you, are you yeah, using I will. Do you want more? Yeah, definitely bring it. You know, speaking of wave folders, I, um, SSF has a really nice wave folder that they you do. Know. Um, or, they yeah, showed it at uh, That's the Ultra Fold, right? I think it is. Yeah. yeah um, we, we did a, um, really good. Yeah. I, I've used it a couple of times and it's one of the, man, there's so many different types of wave folding where like you can get hard edge wave folding that sounds more like distortion, but yeah. there is, it, it's that kind of smooth and it, it just sounds so good, man. Yeah. That thing is dope. Yeah. We did a demo with going, um, doing his 808 <laughs> drum synth module through that wave folder and it was gnarly, man. It was making it all. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a definitely a desirable crunch. That it was the two adding. wave folders that I'm using like the most right now. Um, well, I, man, I use a bunch of them, like, but I, I really like the one from Vintage Synth Lab. They have this one called uh, I think it's called AWM three, um, and uh, it's really crazy because it's like a triple stage wave folder, but it's all completely broken out, so you can you can you can wave fold the top half from the bottom half separately. And then you have three stages of that and then you can send them into each other and then you can do compression on it. So oh, compression. It's, it's, it's less, it's less like single knob where you can just grab it, turn it, you know, turn the knob and get some interesting result. It's more like you play with it and you get like really crazy results with it and really specific results. But that thing is, that thing is phenomenal, man. I've been using that a ton, especially on drums and stuff. Nice. It just it gets nice. really crazy. Yes. That and the the audio damage one, which it, I don't think it's in production anymore, but the audio damage shapes, which is a digital wave folder. That thing is crazy. I feel like nice. I feel like audio damage makes a lot of really dope stuff that and people don't talk about them. Yeah, either. they kind of overlook them. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a shame that they don't make their their modules anymore, in my opinion, because I really like genuinely like that stuff. Like the the Boom Shack is is. I really want the Boom Shack. I'm I'm sad to hear that they don't make it anymore. That thing is huge. The um, what's the other one? Oh, the compressor, which is uh, what's the name? Rough Rider. It's the plug in yeah, yeah. Rough Rider in a module, and, and they and make that, that thing Killer Reaper nuts. too. Yeah, was that the like. Which one was that? The Eon, I believe it was. I they did too. Yeah, they did the they did the Eon too, and they or EOS, EOS. That's it. EOS. Uh, that's thanks it. to Mr. Uh, Valentin. Uh, so it's the EOS two. They did that. That was like their last module, and then they also did. Um, they have the Dub Averb, Junior. I think it was. They have the Averb one and two, um, and their Dub Junior delay is really that nice delay. Too. Yeah, that was cool. But yeah, they also, had a lot um, of really cool modules. One one thing that from jumping into the chat right quick, Inky was mentioning the uh, Torre Squid. She actually mentioned it the last show we did. Uh, yeah, Inky actually uh, uh, Pioneer reached out to me. They're going to be sending out sending me the Torre Squid, so nice. that should be good. I, be I, I reviewed the AS One. I reviewed the SP sixteen, so I'll be adding this to the collection. Of reviews. So, I got a chance to see that, but you know, it was a huge crown around it, so I couldn't yeah. really get down with it, but it looked beautiful. Um, yeah, I watched a bunch of videos of it. It does look dope. They, they yeah. were, were, and they probably had a lot of dope stuff connected to it, too, huh? Yeah, yeah, but you know, so a lot of those modules, like, um, there was that, and then I didn't get, I wasn't able to get close to that, um, that other module by, in, I keep, in studio, is that the name of the, and oh, oh, that that delay in the granular module. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah still I wasn't able to get close to that one. That was another one where everybody was kind of crowded. Yeah, some modules were just 
like the talk of the town. So it was it was pretty hard to get to him. How was the poly? The poly oh, the polyan. So yeah, polyan yeah. just oh, yeah, that, that looks battery. That poly go. I think is yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's the deal with that? Is it basically is it a sequencer or is it like a patch memory sort of thing? What is that joint? They dropped three separate things, but we're, the one I was had my eye on was the Poly Go, which is like basically a battery pack for your case. Oh, for the for the Euro rack case, yeah, that's yeah, really that was pretty sick. You just bring that, and you don't have to worry about plugging it in. Like, I like that's it. really dope. The two, there were two other ones. That there they, were two other ones, but I, I the can't. patch recall one. I forget what it's called. Yeah, though. yeah, the patch uh, yeah, recall. Yeah. Um, I wasn't able to get a demo of that one either. Oh, um, that? They were re that, that was a really other popular one. But the, but as far as the um, I, I was able to see the go. And that's amazing because if you kind of visualize yourself like on tour and you're in the tour bus or whatever, and you're coming up with a patch, you can actually just patch in the in the bus. You could patch on the airplane if you need to. Right. Um, I mean, although that would look pretty kind of crazy. Sure. On an airplane. <laughs> oh, if I could be yeah. a fly on the wall of the airplane when you pull out a modular system and a battery and start patching. Oh, um, yo, you, sir, you're gonna have to put that one. The away. amount of contained yeah. panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I couldn't. I got a funny, a funny, a beard and a funny hat in a case like that. It would. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird going through airports with with music gear in general. Like I it remember. When, when I was first flying with a prototype of the Native Instruments machine and I had it out on a plane and apparently like one of the other passengers got worried and was what? like and like, yeah, like the other passenger like complained to the stewardess and was like concerned about what I was doing and because I'm over here like. I was on a long flight to LA, so I was like setting up my tray. Like I had my, my laptop set up. I'm plugging in wires. Like <laughs> I felt bad because she was like, she was old and she was also the same lady who, when they told everybody to shut off their phone, like before takeoff, she was like flipping out, telling everybody, you have to have your phone off now. Like <laughs> it was one of those situations. I don't play them games with people on planes, man. There was a lady once next to me and she was just, crying and rocking and like looking at me and I'm like, I ain't messing with you, lady. I'm not going <laughs> with nobody. I'm not getting nobody no water. You better stop. <laughs> Please cannot be moved. She's annoying. <laughs> Or she's about to do something crazy. Yeah, but yo, yo, as far as that squid is concerned, man, like I'm, I'm actually gonna like, like, and I don't do this often, but I'm actually gonna reach out to them because there's so much about it that I'm curious about, yeah. and I'm so skeptical at the same time because I'm like, Pioneer is not somebody known for sequencers, so I'm like. Man, like a lot of the features that I've seen them do, you can clearly tell that they're watching the modular space. They're watching oh, yeah, you Electron. Yeah. Like they're yeah. watching these advanced yeah. sequencers out there that are more modern. And I'm like, yo, I really want to know, did they get this right? Like what did they screw up? Like, yeah. and, and, and even if they screwed stuff up, that doesn't, that's not the end of the day because sequencers are such a complex product to develop. Yeah. They take so long to get every feature in. Yeah, you got to like, release them in the wild. If you have a long update schedule where you're like, you know what, we're going to do a 1.1, a 1.2, all the way on up through and like do multiple feature updates to get this thing right. If they want to really support it, it could be phenomenal because just what I saw from the initial videos, I'm like, oh, this is forward thinking. Like this is, yeah, this looks is. actually really interesting. 
Speaking of secrets. Yeah, speaking of secrets. For you, did you see Circle on there? No, I didn't see Circle on there. You're not going to get a Circle on there. That's impossible. But, um, but. <laughs> yeah, back to I got a year and a half plus waiting list for that. I wow, what a circlon! Yeah, yeah. circlon. That's like the yeah. impossible waiting list. You're not... It's like the snuffleupagus of circlons. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I got a bunch of friends who have circlons, and they all love them to death. But for me personally, it gets back to like, like I listen. The the electron rhythm is an amazing machine, and I'm not uh -huh. knocking the machine itself, but it's not like the sequencer and the way that their workflow is, is not for me. Like I don't enjoy it. Um, and that like Last not every sequencer is for <laughs> yeah. everyone. And for me, I'm like the circlon. I'm not so sure that it would be for me. Like, even okay. though it looks amazing, I just don't know that it would be for me. All right. So just, just, just on the sequencer tip, because we've, we've kind of talked a lot about this in the crew. Um, I've had the, um, you guys know I had the Eloquencer for a while and I didn't, I had the, I had, Herm, I had the Hermod for a couple yeah. days. In the morning and sold it that night. Yeah. Yeah. I had it, I, yeah and I sold it that night. Got to be out of here by sundown. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I'm on the journey, but you know, I, I stuck with, I'm on it with you. I stuck me. with the, I stuck with the Eloquencer for about a year. Waiting for updates. Um, that there was a new update that came, and it was mainly a lot of MIDI stuff. But um, it had every, the, the there was only quantized notes, so mm. everything had to be on the grid. There was no micro timing, which is a must for me. I must have micro. Yeah. Let's let's keep it real though. That's something that's like kind of new to modular is getting off of the grid as far yeah. as sequencing is concerned. You know what and I mean? And we had a lot of great. We had a lot of the reason is because, and we've all talked about this, but I, I want to say it on the show. The reason is really about because modular has been more about the XOX style sequencing. Step and not just that. If you yeah. look at the analog sequencers where it all started, analog sequencers, you're, there's no more grid than an analog sequencer because it's, you know, yeah. clock tick, like boom, 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 yeah. you know? Exactly. But and that so, being and, said, and that's where logic comes in and, and like being able to like, you know, freak your clocks out you know what i mean like that you can get into some really advanced clocking techniques with with modular so that's not to say you can't do weird swings and like i dude i've got like a really really basic analog sequencer in my rack that i use it all the time because it's really fun to send it fucked up clocks you know what i mean yep. like right. like i'll send it two clocks at the same time and then i'll be like crossfading between them and like i'll i'll uh I'll send it an LFO in there too, and just just to mess it all up, you know what I mean? And you'll get these weird random stutters and that sort of thing. But for an actual powerful sequencer, like a digital style sequencer inside a Eurorack, I feel like the whole micro timing and uh, live input recording and that kind of stuff is just in its infancy. Like, and I think it's going to yeah. get way better really quickly. Yeah, you know? but you know what? That's just it. Like, with you're you're speaking about a lot of extra things like. Um, Right. adding logic and all these other things when I don't want to overthink it. I just want to have fun and I just want to program it. And that's that's one of the main reasons why I picked up that OPZ was it's simple, it's small, and it works. And all those other big sequencers that I spent time and money on, none of them worked. None of and, them did. All those big sequencers, let's be honest, like any seat, like even the Eloquencer, like they're not cheap. Like they're not, yeah, no, not at all. If you're used to if you're used to 19 inch rack prices and desktop, especially desktop prices, yeah, your rack sequencers are not cheap. Right. No. 
Right. Uh, well, see, you know what though? I I want to mention though the 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 idea of them not working. I think they work. They just don't work for the way we like. We need exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they all work. Of course they all. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, I'm not even alluding to that they're broken. But I think they work very well for a lot of things. But for the if you're the type of person that's off the grid and loose and maybe comes from a, a programming background that's more NPC centrics, NPC centric, like whether it's the machine or you know whatever it might be, then that's where it starts to get a little wonky and weird. You know what I'm saying? And then so you get stuck with a situation where like I have a sequencer in my rack, but I use it only for melodic elements because my drums need to be loose and I ain't got time for anything else. I use <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, but you, well, I use the Erica drum sequencer, and that actually has micro timing, and you can. Oh, nice! It has probability. It has like trig conditions, sort of similar, I guess, to like the electron sort of programming. I, I mean, I like it, uh, but my only, I, I guess, I wouldn't say gripe. It, it has like one CV, and that sort of uh, the program it. So I don't use it for that. I just use it strictly to sequence drums, and it's great. Like I, there's I only these little patterns and it has bangs. They always have to like one together. I'm sorry, Cyril, what? No, it seems like they always have like one or two missing ingredients. Like they almost get right. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, everything almost almost That's exactly what I was going to say. That's it. Well, because here's the thing. If you only have one CV for what we're talking about, when we're trying to address chops and a sample, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. Right. It's not gonna happen. Exactly. And, and you know, for me, it's like there's there's a couple of things that I, I'm I'm lax on that I'm not lax on for larger companies with modular. And that is a lot of these sequencers are built by like one or two person companies, like really, really small yeah. outfits. So you've got like one coder who's also like developing the board and he's doing this and he's doing that. And he also has a day job or whatever else. So like I'm kind of like way more lax on them. But when I get contracted by a company to like consult on like a drum machine or something or, or some other sequencer, I'm like an asshole to him because I'm like, yo, <laughs> if this dude in a little room, if Tony Stark could build this thing in a cave, you <laughs> should be able to build the sequencer of my dreams. You know but what I mean? You know what, though? We, we both know, though, that the funny thing about that is when you think about some big companies, too, even though they're big companies. They don't put a lot of resources into the kind of it's, stuff that we would want them to. So even true, though a small true. company has one guy, he's doing all that, the bigger company, we can name at least two or three right now where you know there's one dude yeah. in that company that's responsible for, it's like almost the same, but they have the resources to do more than that. And it, it kind of, it's like a, it's like a, a bag of tricks, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what We've sat, we've, you know, Corey and I have sat together in on consultation, you know, talks where some of the developers at these larger companies have brilliant ideas and they have, you know, fantastic things that they would love to do. But then the reality sets in where even I, like, I mean, I, Corey knows what I'm talking about. We had a conversation with a company not that long ago, and I had to step back and say, listen, you're doing too much. You're never going to be able to get done what you actually want to get done. Like, you need really? to rein it in because that? they'll never pay you the amount of money that you should be paid to do all of that. You know right. what I mean? Right. And, and that's what, in, that, in the end product, that's what happened, too. So It is. I, I just like to say I told you. made a few different things. <laughs> Corey, Corey, how's the how's the black box? Can you get off the grid with the black box? 
Uh, I don't know. I've only been doing loops and clips on it okay. so far. So it's, I've had it less than a week. Um, uh, and what I love about it is that um, I was able to do a couple things. I haven't really, actually it feels kind of loose, but mostly what I've done is I did make one joint where I programmed some drums, but it wasn't, it was just kind of like, you know how it is, you first get something, you make a first yeah. thing, kind of like, that's yeah. not meant for anybody to ever hear ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's me trying to figure this thing out, right? Yes. But uh, what I've mostly done with it is recorded clips, or other thing that I did um, is I've imported stuff off of a particular project on the force. Uh, as loops, clips, and then I imported those into clips on the black box and playing them back, and it works fantastically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know about the the timing and that stuff just yet. Yeah, because I'm I'm really curious because um, well, Shonda has at her studio she has a bit box, so I'm gonna mess with that a little bit. Yeah, but right. I was looking at the toolbox because I was kind of thinking about like, what if I can export my MIDI files? from say like the force mm -hmm. put it on put it on the toolbox would i be able to run that as my main sequencer and not have to mm. bring force to to a show <laughs> word that makes <laughs> great. no i was i i know exactly what you're saying and that part of the thing that i'm doing with the black box i would love to be able to have the uh bit box in my show in my live rack yeah so that I could just, that's one less thing I could have to take out and I'll still be able to have that functionality where I can fire off, you know, a whole separate sort of composition that I can kind of freak out uh, in between things would be dope. Yeah, yeah, some, some testing definitely needs to go down with those because I think those actually might be the key to um, a fluid live performance. Mm -hmm. well, bring least, that too tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, bring that. Bring, bring that. <laughs> <laughs> a list for you. you I'm gonna need to run a U-Haul. Sessions tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So so everybody, we're doing uh, these mod oh, yeah. live sessions that we're gonna start doing. Think think of uh, uh, think boiler room meets mod right? And um, oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in on the will be in this space where they are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're just going to kind of build and kind of make live mod bab stuff, live grooves, live music, yeah. maybe kind of learn from each other. It'll be like a, a, a really collaborative sort of session. And we'll do these. What do we decide, you guys? Monthly? I, think um, month, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think we're going to do it monthly, but it's going to be really interesting. I want to see how this one goes because like it's gonna be a little bit of learning, a lot of conversations, mm -hmm. a lot of building, like patching live, um, yeah. experimentation, and just kind of um, opening up discussion about the um, the the beat making process, really. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be like a combination of all those things happening at once. You know, might be right. a little bit of DJing, sampling. It's just every all of those ideas happening at once. If that makes Stop sense. Yeah. Some there'll yeah. be some special guests stopping by right. tomorrow. Um, some faces that you might know, um, some YouTube personalities, and some, um, yeah, yeah, some special guests. So, dope. Who's this paying for my fight, fight, though? Who's paying for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this one, this one, the first one's, yeah, the first one's gonna be happening tomorrow in Cali. So, we're really excited about bringing you, bring you guys the Mop App Sessions, episode one, yeah. season one. Word. That's dope. That's dope. So yeah, I'm looking I'll forward to that. I'll send over that, that list to you, Corey, then after this. <laughs> huh? I'll send over that list of 
What? All the stuff to bring. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Luckily, so far, you've only named smaller stuff, so I think I might be all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So, let me see what what a super booth. I want to get back to super booth though. What what did you see that kind of resonated with you and like what was the vibe like at super booth? All right, yeah. all right. So here I'm yeah. gonna make. All right, she's laughing. I am laughing. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a big reveal. I'm gonna tell here you goes. what. It was the verbos, the verbos system, mm -hmm. modular yeah. system resonated with me so much so that I wasn't even back in the states. And I had it come into my house. It's oh, beautiful. Yeah? It's beautiful. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Uh, I know I didn't tell you that. that. I just called it a reveal, dude. But where Ken is coming from is Ken is coming from. We talk from every like, day. Yo, say, you didn't. I don't, man. Like, I don't get the retail reveal. I need to. <laughs> you, can only reveal, you can only reveal once. So, yes. And that takes me to another conversation um, about systems versus mo just buying modules you know right, there was right. something about the thought process and the flow of the way that the verbo system works the composition system works that just resonated with me and um the other similar resonate um this other similar connection that i had was with the shared system and that was some years ago but the verbo system is impressive um as far as like all those swings and and kind of obscure timing you can definitely accomplish that. And once I was able to do that, once I was able to like so. not bap track on a verbo system, it was I felt a connection like I didn't feel with any of my other modules. It so so nice. what exactly did you pick up? Like what exactly do you have coming to your house? I get well, I have it. And oh, it's okay. a, um it's a composition system. So it okay. has um what is there like nine modules in there? You got the harmonic yeah. oscillator in there too? Yes, because that's been on my list. That's one of the most dope. It's listen, it's not cheap, but yeah. there's so much involved in that oscillator, like the actual production of it, that yeah. it's not like I don't feel like I'm being ripped off. Like, I feel like it's expensive because it is what it is. Like, it is what it I is. I feel like that about all the modules. Well, like, I, I feel that way about all their modules. Once you get your hands on their modules and you actually get to experience yeah. it, like, every everything kind of disappears <laughs> like seriously the price becomes transparent like you know the fact that they're bigger than most modules that kind of goes out of, out of the window and then you find yourself wanting to commit yeah. you find yourself wanting to commit to the entire system because it works so well together and like and i mean this isn't um you know an um, off-the-cuff decision process for for everybody but I had it in my mind. I saw everybody kind of going for a lot of the mod popular modules that were coming out. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But when you stumble upon this system, wow. It's Yeah, it's the verbose like stuff, and not for nothing, but it it's laid out spacious enough that your fingers don't feel cramped on it, and yeah. it's pretty. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see like, them all. Yeah, yeah so Chandra had one. I'm going to be teaching her how to use the complex oscillator. Um, but that's another one. But the complex oscillator is really, really nice on there. Um, the uh, the sampling whole random machine is it's just a great system, uh, and I recommend getting your hands on it. I know that um, if you're in if you're in California, you have more access. But being in Chicago, I didn't have access to the verbose system. So um, 
but I know if you're in California, I think like Analog Haven and Noisebug carry them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Analog Haven is. I got mine is, from the. Well, I got the complex oscillator from. Oh, okay. Analog Haven actually had something like a an exclusive or some kind of very special relationship with them for a long time too. So. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I don't think I've ever put hands on it, but I did interview Mark Verbose and I I just love his attitude. He's one of the really good guys in the community. He's got a swagger to him. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a cool, there's definitely a cool factor. Um, yeah. I got a chance to meet him at their party the last night in in Berlin, and um, which was a amazing party, and everybody was jamming out in the Verbo system. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm having that come to my house. I know I am. Like, <laughs> it's just... It sounds so robust. It's just I used one a couple of years ago at um at my buddy Mitch's house with with um rest in peace uh uh Mike McGrath was there that day and uh we were kind of just all messing around with it and I gotta say like the way that it's laid out and the uh, the the system that we used was the complete system with like the black wood oh yeah yeah all like man yeah. it's just all so well laid out and so nice and it's it's Bukla, like, but on like a more modern kind of like aesthetic mm -hmm. and vibe with yeah. Eurorack. So it's it's really like, I'm telling you, that harmonic oscillator like kind of twisted my head up because I was just like, oh, I can do this, and I can, and you start it's modulating scary. it, and it's it's almost like you get kind of wavetable-y sounds out of an mm -hmm. analog oscillator, and it's just gorgeous. Like the the tone is just. Yeah, I wish I could have funny, like I wish I could have like six of them and do a polyphonic version. Like I would be like, <laughs> well, that, oh, no, do you have the touch plate, the touch plate keyboard with it as well? No, no, no. So this is a okay. composition system. So um, so it has the um, has every um. If you bring up that list again, so it has yeah, the is. um the sample and hold. It has the uh, complex oscillator, the um harmonic oscillator. It has the um. Let's see. The envelope and it has the um so it has the amplitude and controller. Yeah, I have that yeah. one. It has a complex 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 oscillator. It has a dual pole. Oh man, the dual four pores filter. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, get your hands on this system. It'll it'll change. Like you'll look at the the price will become transparent. And again, like I was saying, like we, we look at all these little mod we look at these modules and we look at our cases and we're kind of building it to our personality but when you get a system that works um and that's built to work with each other with the modules are built to work with each other yeah they were designed yeah to work and even the layout even even the layout that they give it to you in is in a very specific layout so it's in a thought process yeah oh man it's just it's a complete instrument cool. is the difference exactly it's, it's an instrument and that's and that's the same yeah. with like the shared system the yeah. shared system i feel like is even a little bit more it's slightly more open slightly more like um you know just the way that it is but the verbose one is very much like this very specific um instrument kind of man it, it is it is yeah. genuinely speaking like it's one of those things where when people are like hey what's a boutique sound like something that's gonna what can i get in euro rack that i can't get in a desktop box or or a main manufactured synth or whatever that's gonna sound amazing and it's gonna be worth all the money that's one of them like that that, that is one of them and be like hey if you buy this you're not getting this from a roland a yamaha you're not getting this from any of those types of companies exactly this is exactly. that shit you know, 
And you know what? It brings us to that conversation we were having um, probably a week ago about the, how the value of our modular investments and how they will value or devalue in the future. And I feel like the verbose stuff is going to retain. Gonna it's going to it. definitely going to hold its value. But that also brings another question to the whole panel is like, how do you think some of the digital modules will value or, or retain value in the future? Um, do you think that it will... Decrease? It depends on if people do version two of a digital module. Because I've noticed that anytime yeah. somebody does a version two of any digital module, like phonogene to morphogene, look at the price of phonogenes now, which is funny to me because that's actually the exception to the rule. The phonogene, mark my words, will skyrocket in price later. And the reason is, is because samplers are different from just about everything else. Samplers yeah. have a very specific tone to how they are in that moment. So the phonogene, I specifically, I had one when they were like 500 and some odd dollars. And then I sold it right before the uh, morphogene came out. And then I bought another one when it was $225. You know what I mean? <laughs> because you know what? I love the lo-fi sound of the phonogene. Wall Street tycoon of modular. Dude, it, I knew it was drop in value, so I sold it. I waited a month and then I bought it again at at less than half of what I sold mine for. And right. you know what? I'm so happy because I don't have a morphogene. Eventually, I'll probably get a morphogene too. But I love the phonogene's 12 bit sound. It's very crunchy. I I specifically bought it for that dirtiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. A lot of users were buying it because they wanted it to be a tape machine. You know what I mean? Which is what it was billed as originally, you know, mm -hmm. but really what it is, is it's an amazing lo-fi sampler, you know? So there's different, there's different modules out there. Like, <laughs> oh no, no, no. I already have one so I can talk it up and put the value back on. Um, like reverbs. If you come out with a version two of a reverb, more, more than likely the original version one of that reverb is going to drop off the face of the earth. Because most yeah. people don't care about a lo-fi reverb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. A hi-fi reverb people love. You know, the, the higher five, the reverb people, you know, they'll pay gobs of money for it. But if there's one that's just a hair better than this other one, they're going for the other one, you know? So effects right. modules, I feel like more often than not, if there's a version two, the version one loses all its value. Um Oscillators are kind of odd. It has to do something really interesting. Mm. Braids lost its value more than anything because of the secondary market of the DIY guys making clones and that yeah. sort of thing. And then there was micro versions that take up less room. So there's yeah. that sort of thing. But I look at things like the um, the Orgone accumulator, right? Which isn't the most hi-fi of, of uh, wavetable oscillators, but it does really interesting stuff. And it holds its value pretty well it's been out for a good long while the the harvest man stuff uh you've got time safari and that sort of thing those things they've lost a little bit of value but they're kind of holding up you know so but you know um, i think too it's worth mentioning too when it, when you start talking about the valuation of modules like that uh the value of the modules like that we're still very much in the same era right yeah, so right. I, I think I'll, I'll be interested to see how things fare 15 years from now, yes. even 10 years out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there, there may be, you know, uh, I think one of the points you're making about digital models is so many little screens on them and how well those will last. I think, you know what I mean? That won't be too different from some of the sense 
Uh, look at every sampler that Akai ever made. You need to get, if you're buying a, a vintage sampler today that Akai made, you're like, most likely going to need to buy a new screen or a backlight for the screen or something like that. Well, honestly, and if you're buying a vintage sampler today, like, I'm going to be very realistic about this. Right now is the worst time to buy a vintage sampler ever. You're right. Period. Yeah, this yeah, right. the market is extremely high right now. If you're buying an SP twelve hundred, if you're buying an MPC sixty, if you're buying any of that stuff right now, you are buying high. Yeah. Like this is not the time to buy. This is the time. You mean to sell. You're, you're buying at a higher price that not that you're high on something when you buy. I'm saying that I don't think the prices. I think I feel like the prices <laughs> have hit have hit their maximum, well, and yeah. that they're going to start dropping again in the next few years. You've got you've got products that are coming out that are more than just emulations, but actual recreations of that same type of like they're the reason why these vintage samplers are so lusted after isn't just because of the records that they were used on, but it's because of the certain sound qualities that they could exhibit to get those sounds that were on those records. The fact of the matter is, is now people are hip to the fact that, oh my God, people actually want that bit crushed and that sample rate reduced sound. And they want that analog filter behind it. They want this, they want that. There's specific qualities to it that they want. I'm working on the SP 2400 project. And I got to say, I just heard some some audio demos like back and forth between the two and literally I couldn't tell the difference like there's one factor that I'm aware of that I was able to discern between the two and even then I could still only pick it like maybe 50% of the time the sound is already there like people are already re able to re reproduce these types of sounds so if you're buying now really high you're 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 already too late. Put it that way. You got Daydream Sound out there putting out amazing videos about Insonic sequencers and, and Sonic samplers. And, you know, people see that and they skyrocket the price because he's amazing. You got people buying SP-1200s because they see that they're already $5,000. Yeah. That time to buy has passed. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I missed it. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And, and back to the digital modules versus... And I wasn't saying that digital modules was whack but what i was saying was if we're thinking about how they're being like updated like you're, we're kind of a lot of these things are projects are unfinished and we're kind of at the mercy of these um module creators to be like hey when's the next update when's the next update and if these guys you know back to my doomsday theory if the, one if these guys, <laughs> guys if these guys you know if their team isn't big enough we're not going to get an update you know what i mean yeah. what if it's just one guy right what if well, it's just one we're also in an age where it's like things are moving so fast that people are just pushing things out to try to stay in the game you're absolutely you know, right that's why that's they have to have like 50 updates before mm -hmm. a year passes by when it came out like you like okay 50 is an extreme but you know what i'm but no no i know exactly what you're saying yeah it's I like update next week i went on a rant i was so i'm so i'm kind of it kind of bugs me you know, and I know I know a lot of these companies uh, are like small companies and just a couple guys, you know, with an identity for a company and they're doing great work. But the one thing that really bugs me is when companies release stuff that they know is just not finished. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and and I think it's because of that pressure that you just mentioned to stay in the game and stay relevant and keep because right. these shows are coming. It's not just annually anymore. You got Nam right after that. You got Super Booth. Then you got 
you know, whatever else might be happening. Yeah, you got Nobcon, you got Cinefax. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, not to mention, those are just the big ones. These companies are always traveling to all these places, and they got to keep stuff hitting the market so they can stay relevant because you got to have a reveal of some yeah. sort. You know what I mean? And and the tough thing about it is that we get a lot of uh, nearly baked stuff, but not quite. Right. But it's like also like this weird catch twenty two because then you have people like complaining like, well, you know, like it's not out yet. I mean, the classic, yeah. oh yeah, the big one I can mention. You know, like look how long. I mean, I'm an avid Electron user. Like, look how long people were pissed about the Overbridge. Yeah, yeah, you know, still are about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, but like before it even came well, out, like people were really upset about that. I'll say yeah. this to to that specific point. I will say this. You can't ship a product with a sticker on the box that says Overbridge included and it's not included. That's, right, right. There's a big difference between, for instance, I bought the ER301 and I love it to death, but I bought it and it specifically says on the website when you buy it, this is a beta. I bought the Tempest and that thing I, I would punch Dave Smith in the mouth for, for saying, oh my God, this thing's ready to go. And it nowhere near was ready to go. Let me say this. I'm, and I hope I don't piss off anybody in the internet right now. But I mean, if you're buying an electron box for like 12, you know, $1,200, $1,300 only because it has a little overbridge sticker. You no, no, no. It's not there. only because. I'm sorry. It's yeah. not you know, like that, but there is a bait and switch. There is a bait and switch tactic of saying that you have a feature that's included that is not included. That's all well, I'm saying. Ask, and I'm all I'm saying, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is you could say you could put a sticker on the box that says "Overbridge is coming." That would be you, one you, thing. You could say "Overbridge is ready, compatible." Right. Yeah, but you know what? And I love the guys. Who, I love you know, the guys. Who they announced that the they announced at the beginning when they put that product out that that, that, that it, it was it yet. wasn't ready that it was going to come out eventually. Yeah, yeah. They they repeatedly so I they get a pass on that one. I and yeah, but on the box on the box people in the car center buying these it things aren't, the aren't listening to what <laughs> they're seeing it. They're seeing the sticker on the box. <laughs> Like it was literally on the box. Corey left. <laughs> I'll leave it to you. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty obvious, even on their website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Listen, listen, all I'm saying is, is that transparency is key. So like if you have like I am 100 percent aware of the difficulties of development. And that's why I say like transparency is key. So I agree with you. And I love the people at Electron. I've talked to them many times. We've done interviews with them. They're great people. Yeah, and they I do a lot of wonderful I things. Overbridge today in my hybrid setup. Oh, he's looking for the sticker. He's looking for the yeah. sticker. I, yeah. You want me to find my box? Hold on. Where's the sticker? Oh, where's the sticker? Box Wars. I'm gonna go, I gotta go find my box, damn it. Hold on, where I don't see nothing on this box. What did I start? I had uh, a sticker on my I will find it. I'll post it on my Instagram. I'll and it says overbridge on it. I don't remember there being an overbridge sticker on the Well, app. I got mine later too. He has I don't want to rid MK1 right in front of him, and that's what you have, Ken. Well, Is I sold my rid of MK1. Overbridge enabled. Overbridge enabled. Okay. But the, and then you read right below that, and what's it say right below it? <laughs> no, but oh, enable is different. I think they make it sound like Overbridge was there when you bought it, and it wasn't for over a year. Yeah, it, it was like over a year. It wasn't there. And listen, and listen, Overbridge is fantastic, and I understand why it took so long. All I'm simply saying is, is like 
you can't tell your customers that you have something that doesn't exist. But it doesn't say it on the box, dude. It you does. It, wrong. it does. It says Overbridge enabled. Except guess what? When you bought it and you plugged it in, Overbridge didn't fucking work. <laughs> this is true. I get where you're coming from, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So that, but that's exactly the reason why people were pissed off, though, because they, they, up until that point, whatever um, Electron said you were getting, you got, and and typically, yeah, they announced it's released. They're a fantastic company. I am not shitting on Electron at all. They are yeah. not the only people to do this kind of shit. When Dave Smith put uh, Profit VS waveforms in the Tempest. And guess what? They were not the VS waveforms because they fucked up when they put them in there. And they, they have a glitch in every profit VS waveform where they missed a sample and they like the simple FM bell sounds that should be smooth all sound buzzy. No, like that's not okay. Fix that shit. With his his website said for a year after I owned it that sampling could come, that you would be able to import your own samples later on. That was a possibility in an interview that was on his website when he had already come out and said that it was never a possibility. Get it off your website. <laughs> That's yeah, you know, to your customers. That's all I'm saying. Right. You know, because I think I think we're kind of it's almost about that time. I'm just gonna. I want to roll into some yeah, positive I stuff. I was on the airplane. I was watching. I love Electron, by the way. Yeah, I love Electron. <laughs> I, I'm not, I didn't put that out there. I have. Yeah. Like, I, have I do too. I, I listen. Of Electron. Yeah, I and, 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 and it was that. funny because I was talking to Corey. Was I talking to Corey? Yeah, I still have about. mine, don't I? I was well, Corey. I was telling you. I beat you because I love you. <laughs> that I was. Um, I was trying to find the right octatrack for my performance, and I got all four of my mixed up. Oh, so it's so it's like I, I, I had to take time at three in the morning trying to find my live Octatrack, the one that I use for live performances. So I'm scrambling around and yeah, yeah. he texts me that, and I'm like, well, I don't, I didn't feel so bad for owning two Octatracks that yeah. Oh, yeah. See that? That's what I'm saying. That was that's a sentence I never heard. He was like, I I, I grabbed the wrong Octatrack. I'm like, what? Yo, stop saying stuff like that. <laughs> Dude, he's so bougie. <laughs> so bougie. Yeah, the bougie beat maker strikes again. <laughs> exactly. He's got octa tracks like vinyl. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how you, oh, how you octa tracks. Oh, yeah, I got a couple of those. Yeah, a couple of those. <laughs> no, no, but but it was a cool moment I had on the airplane today when I was coming over, and um, I was watching. They had Ferris Bueller's Day Off on there, so I had to watch it, right? right? And so he's complaining about how his parents didn't buy him a car, but yet and still they bought him an emulator too and a computer. And that was like 1987. <laughs> and right. I'm wondering how much, what was the retail of the emulator to? It a car. Yeah, so he has some sort of dial-up computer with internet and, and a, um, an emulator too. But yet his parents still buy him a car. <laughs> Listen, hold on. But he specifically says in the movie, she she got the car, I got this. But the problem with that is, is that he had no everything else. I'd be fine with that if he was like majoring in music. He clearly had no musical ability, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, I because mean, there, was, you there was one part where he lip synced really well. Well, no, but he uses it for fart sounds, which is yeah. like even more. Which hilarious. is why I bought this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's why we all buy modular. Right, right. 
<laughs> so I'm Yo. closing with that. That's that's right, my. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Hey, yo, this has been fun. And uh, Ken, I advise you to drink more whiskey today because I think it's just the right thing to Dude, do. Dude, that's the funny thing is people are saying in the chat. I gotta tell you, like I'm not even slightly buzzed, but the liars get me pissed. Like, like I love, I love the Tempest. I haven't sold it. I love the the rhythm. I haven't sold it, but I hate specific aspects of it. And people try to sugarcoat it, and it makes me want to slap the crap out of them. And I'm East Coast, so I will. Slap <laughs> Murder Town. Well, I appreciate y'all, man. Yo, I got to get out of here. We're going to end the show. Yeah, if anybody got anything in closing. I do. Um, So we got that. Um, So we have a noise bug performance coming up. And that's going to oh, yeah. be on Saturday. Right, yes. So if you're out here in, um, in the L.A. area, come out to Pomona to yeah. noise bug on. Is that Saturday? Yes, yeah, Saturday the 25th. Yeah, so Saturday. A week from today. today. Yeah, I'm going to be having. Um, I got a few records left. Um, So I'll be having yeah. those on sale. And then um, there's a, there's even a very, very special performance. My man Corey's going to be there. Um, and Shiro, they're going to be doing that on Sunday. Did you want to talk about that one, Corey, the Sunday performance? Please do. Uh, sure. Yeah, me and Shiro. That is big. We're going to be opening for J Electronica at the uh, Troubadour. Woo! Uh, doing a mod back joint. <clears throat> so, yeah, this will be this will be fun. It's, it's going to be, yeah. you know, us doing a live mod back set. Um yeah, so so I'll be performing with Aaron on on Saturday and then with uh, Shiro on Sunday. So if you're LA, make sure to come check it out. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna have video of all of it, so we'll we'll definitely be sharing and you know we're, we're building something strong, people. Thanks yep. for the support. And don't hey, forget um, sessions tomorrow. Um, well, we we probably go on in the evening. So order. yeah, yeah. All right. We'll announce it on all of our Instagrams. Oh yeah. Hold on. What exactly is your Instagram? My Instagram is Travarcy yeah. Official. Okay. Word. And and Aaron, what's your Instagram? No. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Aaron is the anti-social social media cat. Aaron, when it comes to social media, he's the I'm with him guy. I'm with that guy. <laughs> that guy over there has internet. No, We've been talking about it though, so I've been like giving him a nudge. Oh, we yeah. all have. We all have. Trust me on that. Yeah, uh, and and, I, and a big announcement. I got a computer, guys. It's yeah, it's no, a old, it's an old one. It's an old one, but oh. I promise I won't use it for music. You got a phone, man. You have zero excuse. Uh, no, I'm not, man. You know, I don't use You computers. act like we're all stupid here. No, <laughs> not <man>. happening. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just. Yeah, it was a great show. Good show. Yeah, uh, one quick thing. Um, so, I've been working on everything not sound pack related lately. Um, I've been doing a lot of production stuff for, for hardware that'll be coming out in the, like the next year or two. Um, but I will say this, I'm going to drop a new sound pack for the ER301 users very, very soon. Um, it's a free pack. I well, already how much dropped does it cost? What's that? How much does it cost? Oh, it's free, but you might have to be charged an email. Oh my oh. God. Sorry if my, sorry if me having you log in an email to get this free pack offends you, but, uh, Yeah. So, uh, no, I, I already dropped a free lo-fi sampler. If you have an ER301, you can go to uh, shop.fluxwithit.com. You can get the free lo-fi sampler for it, which is pretty dope. Um, but I have a sample pack that I'm going to drop on there as well that should be really cool for um, 
cats that want to use the ER301 but don't want to pay royalties on samples and that sort of thing, this will be free for you guys. So I'll do that very soon. Word. All right, so we're going to be out of here. This wraps up episode 47. And remember, we got to do something special for episode 50. Yeah, we got to do something real special. We got to have a whole squad on here. Corey, yeah. you'll be 50 on that episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out on that note. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Corey. I'll see you tomorrow, man. Yeah. Hey, it was great it's having you on. Guys. Yeah. Awesome. Peace.